Hi, I'm Ken Tucker of Changescape Web, and we're talking about social media marketing for brick-and-mortar businesses, and you're listening to the Brand Journalism Advantage. Episode 423. In my opinion, it's probably the single most important property online for any businesses, including their website. The Brand Journalism Advantage, the podcast that teaches the power of storytelling to increase business by attracting, engaging, and influencing consumers. Now, it's time to think like a journalist with your host, brand journalist, Phoebe Changchua. Hello, brand journalism community. I'm Phoebe Changchua. Thanks for tuning into the Brand Journalism Advantage podcast. Here we go with the inside scoop on today's show, Ken Tucker. Ken is the founder of Changescape Web. It's a small business marketing and website design agency. It specializes in comprehensive integrated marketing strategies and campaigns for small and mid-sized businesses. Specialties include search engine optimization, website design, reputation management, social media marketing, lead generation, and marketing automation. Boom. Those are all the things, Ken, that we love to talk about here on the brand journalism community because there's just so much to it. And Changescapes, it's the perfect word because, man, does it change. (laughs) It does. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um you know, we're going to get into a little bit of your background uh, about how you got started in this, why you love it so much. But um, brand journalism community, where we're going in this episode is we're talking about social media marketing for brick and mortar businesses. And you can see why I've asked Ken to come on and be a guest on the show. He's going to really take us deep into that and let us know step by step what we need to do. But you know, it's interesting because we were talking about the name Changescape and you said it's like landscape. And then that just kind of made me think about your icebreaker because the landscape of all 50 states is quite different. I'm out here in California and Ken's yeah. icebreaker is he's been to all 50 states. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, I've actually lived in the same state. I, I live in Missouri. I'm born and raised here. But uh, I've been really fortunate throughout my working career and, and also uh, traveling is, is a passion of mine. So I, I love to go to national parks and beautiful places. And, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's been a lot of fun to get to all 50 States. Uh, it took me, uh, took me 50 years to do it, but, uh, <laughs> so Ken, I got to ask name just the top, uh, let's say the top three, top three States. Yeah. Um, I would have to say Hawaii, Montana, and, um, Washington. Oh, California didn't make the list. <laughs> I love Cal- you know California should be on the list actually. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, I I love Hawaii. Um, and what was the other? You said Montana. Yeah, Montana is pretty spectacular. Wow, I haven't been there. I'll have to make it out there. Yeah, yeah. Glacier National Park is one of my all-time favorite places. Mm. And so, you're a big hiker. Uh, yeah, I love to hike. Um, I, I just love to be in uh, beautiful scenery. I find that, especially in a digital world, it's really nice to go to places that forces you to disconnect. Mm-hmm. And national parks certainly do that. Yes, indeed. I love that, too. Well, for this episode, since we are talking about social media, I picked this quote to get your feedback on. It goes, social media is about the people, not about your business. Provide for the people, and the people will provide you. Okay. Your yeah. thoughts? I, I think that's absolutely right. Um, you know, I. It's really interesting because I think we're in a time right now where social media is uh, is a little bit of a struggle for businesses, because uh, especially just to take example of uh, 
you know, Facebook pages or the balkanization that we've seen just happening in general across social media where people naturally want to kind of fall into their, into their little tribes. Um, it's, if you, if you just talk about yourself and that's all you do and it's not about the customer, um, and and their experiences, uh, I I think you're going to fall flat. I mean, uh, on Facebook, you're just simply not going to get any reach. And if you don't get reach, you certainly are not going to get engagement. So I think it's, uh, I think that's a very apropos. So give us a success quote or a tip that our audience can take with them. I actually have two. Um, I struggled to which one to pick. Um, one is a little bit more profound maybe. And that is, uh, if you always do what you've always did, you'll always get what you always got. Um, I, I think that's absolute brilliance. I mean, that's one of the reasons why uh, I embrace change. It's, uh, it's something that happens all the time, uh, in the world of digital marketing, it's constantly changing. And so, uh, I, I really like the fact that, um, by embracing change and recognizing that you need to try and try different things and do experiments and see what works and what doesn't and keep doing that and iterating that, that you, that you, you're, you're going to have, uh, most of the time you're going to have, um, you know, great forward progression. I mean, sometimes you're going to fall flat on your face, no doubt about that. Uh, the other quote, I guess that, you know, I, I always go back to, uh, it's, it's kind of cheesy. It's, uh, it's from James T. Kirk from, uh, from Star Trek, but it's, there's no no-win scenario, and I really do believe that. Um, I, I think there's always a way to find uh, find a way to make something work, and so um, th- those are probably two quotes that I go back to pretty frequently. Well, I got to tell you, I love love both of them, and I am a Trekkie, true and true. So from the original series, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so that that's excellent. Share with us a career highlight. This is a story that I want you to tell about that moment in time that you were just so stoked, like things were just really happening and and you love it. Could be something in your recent past or distant. Um, And if you'd like to also pull back, you know, the covers and share a little bit more about how you got into all of what you're doing today. Okay, sure. Yeah, well, I started my company in 2005. And honestly, uh, looking back at it, I didn't start it for the right reasons. I, I started it because I, I I didn't know a lot about why I started the company, but I didn't start it for the best of reasons. Um, I, I had separated with a company, uh, and that was a mutual decision. It was you know it was no big deal. I was convinced though that I was right in the path that I wanted to go on, and that was the stubbornness that uh, that kind of misled me. Um, you know I, I struggled for the first several years of my business. This was back in two thousand five. I, um, you know, I, I started to get some success around 2008, um, and then the economy blew up. And at that point in time, I, I've, I just, I've continually reinvented my business as I feel the, the need to. And so at that point in time, I completely reinvented my business to be just focused exclusively in online marketing or digital marketing. And, um, and, and so even then, you know, the economy was a little soft. I was, I was still struggling a little bit. Um, just could not come up with a breakthrough. I even got to the point where I decided uh, that you know maybe maybe just stepping away from the business and uh, and doing something completely different was the right thing to do. So I actually ran for office. Uh, I didn't win, but that was a great experience. It took me outside of my business. It gave me an opportunity to really get back in and, and get re-energized and re-engaged. Because which, it, it was uh, which very, office? I'm sorry to interrupt, but which office did you run for? 
I, I ran for a state representative here in, in uh, the St. Louis metro area that I live in. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, doing that got me far enough away from my business. You know, sometimes when you when you're immersed in things, it's really hard to see with a fresh set of eyes. And so when I came back, I decided actually to join the duct tape marketing uh, consultant network. And that, you know, that just kind of gave me a process and a direction and a set of tools and a set of peers that, uh, that really has allowed me to, um, you know, put together, um, a very robust set of offerings. Uh, and it's just been, it's been a blast ever since then, but you know, it was, it was kind of that, uh, that struggle and, and finally coming to, <laughs> to the conclusion that, you know, maybe I just need to walk away before I realized how much I really did like what I was doing and how much I wanted to embrace it. So let's talk a little bit about um, Master Duct Tape Marketing Certified Consultant in case anyone doesn't know exactly what that is. Okay. So John Janch uh, wrote, wrote a book uh, called Duct Tape, um, Duct Tape Marketing, and it's really a marketing system for small businesses. Uh, I love it because I come from a software development background working for large Department of Defense projects. That was uh, what I did before I started my company. And uh, when you develop software, especially in, in DOD or in NASA or things like that, when you make a mistake, people's lives are at stake and, and, and people may die as a result of you know, software failures. So you have to have very good processes. They have to be repeatable, managed. You have to optimize those. And so that was really a big appeal for me for the duct tape marketing system because it, it gave me that in a way that I didn't really see. Um, you know, a lot of small business marketing focused businesses like myself, uh, really being able to, to offer, uh, uh you know, th- that kind of a, a, an approach or framework. And so if someone is interested in this, of course, brand journalism community, we're going to put links to Ken in the show notes, but, um, you're able to, as being a master duct tape marketing certified person, you're able to do what? Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, I'm able to guide people through the duct tape marketing system and help them uh, in, in incorporate that into their business, as well as to implement an, an entire variety of marketing solutions based on. We, we really start with a with a premise of strategy first, and you know you can't really do effective marketing, and, you, and certainly online marketing is very difficult if you don't do strategy first. So. Uh, so it would be it would be focusing on that and then identifying and prioritizing the set of uh, the right marketing tactics to go off and implement. Uh, you know, it could be search engine optimization. It could be social media marketing in combination with, a, you know, uh, some kind of a Google AdWord campaign or something like that. But I love to develop solutions. I love to customize those. And so uh, that's that's really what we're able to do. Excellent. Share with us a story about when it didn't work, that struggle, that moment in time when you, you know, really didn't like it. And you've kind of talked a little bit about it um, as we were getting into the moment that you see as your pinnacle turning point, your highlight. But maybe there's another story and a lesson that we can learn with you. Well, I had been really struggling with, um, uh, you know, I, I, know, I know from my own experience of running a business that I've invested heavily in an online marketing strategy and I could not translate that 
knowledge and expertise effectively at an effective price point for customers. Um, and, and it's really, it's not a one and done kind of thing. I mean, the world of online changes all the time. And just because you achieve, you know, the first or third or fifth position on, on a Google search result absolutely does not mean you're going to stay there. Your competitors are always doing things. You know, Google's changing, changing its algorithms. Uh, there are just so many different variables that are, that are going on there. And so I was really having a hard time transitioning from being able to deliver from a project-based perspective, you know, really true value. I mean, we could build beautiful, quality-looking websites for businesses. I knew that wasn't enough. And, and I guess that's what made me really call into question, am I really doing the right thing here? Is this really the right business model for me? So, you know, when you were struggling with that with clients, because I think clients do get caught up in, let's just have this really spectacular website and then the money and the people and everything will come, <laughs> um, you know, the dream world. Like, I, you know, like sometimes I have clients say, but I don't want to publish this because on, on, a, on a blog, for instance, and I'm thinking, yeah. you know, I, I know what they're thinking. They're thinking everyone's going to see it. And I'm thinking we would only be so lucky you know, <laughs> that it actually takes, you know, quite a bit of work and quite a bit of publishing before everyone sees it. And even then everyone doesn't see it, but you at least yeah. can maybe gain a good, you know, um, following a, a core audience, if you will, like I have here with this community. Um, so how were you able to explain this to clients and, you know, what, what did you learn from, initially just building them and, and not, not doing that part of it? Well, what I found is while the, my clients were happy with what we did, they were ultimately unhappy and started to look at other solutions because, uh, well, like, just as you said, a website does not necessarily bring you customers. As a matter of fact, it, it, it usually doesn't if that's all that you do. And now that's not to say that, you know, I mean, sometimes building a website really uh, that the whole purpose of that is just to have a professional looking online presence and because your most of your business is referred to you and and it's a trust and a, and a credibility factor but um, you know really I guess the you know just having a better set of tools and uh, a better a better framework to be able to talk about how all of this stuff has to tie together into a total online presence uh, it really was was a big was a big deal for me. So let's jump into um, social media marketing for brick and mortar businesses. I'd like you to unpack the tips here. We've certainly covered, um, you know, a lot of ways to use Facebook, Instagram, um, and and things like one of the things that I'm I've noted recently is there's a mall out here in San Diego that's just doing a fabulous job. It's called Flower Hill Mall, and they have turned the mall into um, every little area, like nook and cranny of it, has cute little. I don't know what's to, what else to call them, but selfie stations, vignettes. I mean, they're not they're not positioned that way, but they just look like the perfect place to snap right. a picture. And yeah. so, so what do you do? You know, what do you think the teenagers and the moms who are shopping there? Um, they they snap photos. So, uh, yeah. I I imagine that's driving a lot of business for them because it's just they're very very creative. So kudos goes out to Flower Hill Mall for what they're doing. But um, yeah. give us your top tips for using social media with brick and mortar businesses? Well, step number one is, is definitely think about strategy. I mean, who is your ideal customer? 
Um, you know, how frequently are they, are they likely to come into your restaurant or to your store? Um, you know, really, really give that a lot of thought. Where are they spending time online? It makes no sense for you to invest a, a big strategy on a particular platform that your customers aren't really active on. So strategy is, is really the number one thing. Uh, the second thing that I would say is focus on reviews. Um, there are a lot of different review sites that are out there. Some are much more important than others, for especially for different industries. But you're never going to go wrong with Google or Facebook reviews. Uh, Yelp is critical for a lot of businesses, but you have to be really careful with Yelp reviews because you have to let those happen. Yelp is is actually, um, you know, just I think last week they announced that they they will start penalizing businesses if they feel like they're uh, trying to drive people to to write reviews. The the the, the problem with reviews is if you just let them happen, I mean, normally we skew to the negative. We like to, we like to complain and we like to protect other people and share our bad experiences. Uh, they stick, I think they stick deeper in our mind, but you know, it's not, it's not quite as easy or as natural if we have a great experience. And yet for a business, you know, when people share those great experiences, there's nothing more powerful than that. So I, I would recommend that every business, brick and mortar business, uh, they they definitely go out and claim and verify their Google My Business page. In my opinion, it's probably the single most important property online for any businesses, including their website. Uh, it's it, it this is uh, it, it's a free listing that you can get with Google, um, and and it's it's very very powerful. You can drive reviews to uh, to your Google My Business page. This is what's going to show up on the Google Map results. So it's really really important to make sure that. You claim and optimize uh, this page and, and that you try to get people to go write reviews onto this page. Make it super easy for them. Don't make them have to go work for it. Uh, monitor those reviews and respond to those reviews because actually responding to any review is going to actually increase the likelihood of the composite overall rating uh, of, of your review total on, on Google. So that's a very important thing. I think Facebook is also another great place to drive people for reviews. Those are very visible uh, in, in all different kinds of searches on all different kinds of platforms. So Ken, let me ask you about this. What do you think about um, for brick and mortar stores when we're talking about social media, a lot of people think, well, you know, why do I need to do that if I am, you know, a retail store? For instance, I was in Coronado not too long ago and cute little shop, um, Gal's got a lot of things that she could be selling online, but she's really just got this brick and mortar store. She doesn't know all that much about social media, even though she's probably, you know, um, definitely in the generation that that ought to know about it. What do you say to those retail stores that aren't taking advantage of it? Um, I, I get the reviews, but what else can they be doing to get their presence and get people into their stores? Yeah, so... The reality today is, um, you know, from a business's perspective and, and with the amount of information that's shared through social networking sites that you can easily be lost in, in the noise. So the best thing to do is to find ways to encourage your users to share content. And as you were talking before, you know, I mean, if it makes sense, create a selfie station, uh, get people to you know, to, to check in you know, on Facebook when they come into your place of business. Make it easy. Put signs up in, the, in, in, in your physical space that, uh, that tell people to check in. 
Um, but when they share their content, they're reaching all of their friends and, 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 and being much more effective in, in increasing your reach than if you were to just post, uh, and, and again, I'm going to use Facebook as the example here. If you're posting, uh, to Facebook, you're only going to probably reach on average six to 12% of the, only the people who've liked your page and, you know, depending on the type of content you're sharing. So it's really important to get your customers to become advocates and active marketers for you. Make that as easy as possible. Um, I, I think there's a social proof element that goes along with that. You know, when when other people are going into your place of business and they're they're raving about it and they're they're talking about it and they're posting pictures of things that they're experiencing in your place of business. It just, it does not get any better than that. And you know what? It's a lot easier than what people might think. They might think, well, we don't want to badger them. We don't want to ask them to do one more thing, but a lot of times they're already doing it. They've already been conditioned and trained to to check in at other places. So you need to capitalize on that. That's absolutely right. So if there's a hashtag that makes sense for your, for your business, um, you know, I mean, make sure that you post that. I'm a big Another thing that I think a lot of people miss completely when it comes to social media is they don't take advantage of their physical space. Uh, they've got all of this great space that they could use, not only for branding purposes, but also to help get people from the, the offline onto the online uh, properties that are, that are going to be really important for you. When people are in your store, the only people who know that are the people who are physically there with them. Uh, but when you can get somebody talking about being at your place of business on social media, that you've just amplified that uh, that reach tremendously. So I think making it as easy as possible, integrating it, uh, you know, on on signs. If you're if you're a restaurant, you know, put it on the you know on your tabletops. Encourage people, you know, to if they're uh, you know if they're the right age, you know, where Instagram is likely uh, platform that they're using. Make it really easy to uh, to you know to take a snap and and uh, and be visible that way. It's time to think like a journalist. You've been hired to help an ailing company. Again, it's about to financially collapse. Its reputation shot. You've got a month, a thousand dollar budget, a smartphone, and a laptop. How do you begin to turn this company around? So this is assuming that they have uh, you know a product that's that that is viable and you know and, and all that. What I would say is uh, a couple of things, it, focusing on building out your online presence, making sure your hours of operation and your physical address and phone number are accurate in all of the right places online. That'd be, that'd be one of the first steps. Again, focusing on and, and, and training your staff uh, to ask people to go write reviews and make it easy, super easy for them to go find where you want them to go write reviews for you at. Uh, I think signage. Uh, to do that, to translate it there. I think Facebook advertising, I would certainly carve out a good chunk of that for Facebook advertising because you can really zero in on a geography, uh, you know, or any of the demographic or interests that, uh, that you think makes sense. And, and, and the reality is for a lot of social media, uh, it, it, it's, it's really not a very free platform anymore. I think you have to really think about paying for advertising to be really visible on that space. Um, and then it, when you do post, uh, you know, post visual, uh, you know, uh, uh, video and, and images are, are the top performing, uh, things that people are going to like share and comment on. So, or retweet. So those would be the things that I would, 
work with a business to, to develop a plan to take care of those things. What is one piece of technology, video, multimedia equipment, or an app that you just can't live without? So I'm sure this is the most unique answer you're going to get. <laughs> I say that jokingly. It's, you know, it's got to be the smartphone. I mean, it's transformed the way businesses do business. It's, it's transformed the way we communicate, how, the, the speed of communication, everything. So it, no doubt about it, it's, it's the smartphone. And which brand do you use? I, I use the iPhone. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm biased uh, toward that just because I think it's the easiest platform. And, it, and honestly, if, you don't, if it's not easy and you're not using it, I don't care how good the features are. Absolutely. Um, I'm right there with you. Name one book, documentary, blog, podcast, or internet channel that you'd like to recommend. You know, uh, an inter- really interesting book for me is Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead by uh, David Meerman Scott and Brian Halligan. Um, to me, I love kind of the outside of the box example of how somebody was doing something before, you know, in a, in a way that before we even had a concept to, to define it by. And this book does a great job of talking about how the Grateful Dead may have been the first inbound marketers uh, on, the, on the planet. So it's a, it's a fascinating read. I, I like it because it takes me out of my, I, I, you know, I, I love the Grateful Dead. Um, so it's, it's kind of an interesting thing from that perspective. But it takes me outside of my normal way of thinking. And, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I never really thought about, uh, you know, the brilliance behind what they did. Absolutely. I know a lot of people fans of the Grateful Dead. So um, that'll be an interesting read. I can't say that uh, that's been named, but I may, well, I'm thinking back. Can't remember in 400 plus episodes, but absolutely yeah. we'll check that one out. The year is 2025. Give us a look at social media from your perspective. What do you think it'll be like? Uh, you know, both for, for marketing, for brick and mortar businesses, but yeah. those online too. Well, I, I mean, I think this is going to happen before 2025. Uh, you're going to be able to point a device and see what's going on inside that community. So anybody who's sharing content, um, you know, if they, the reviews that they've written, the you know, information about the business is all going to be there. You just point your phone at it and it's going to show up on your phone. Uh, that's not too far away. Google's already, you know, making, uh, you know, uh, promises to, to make that happen. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it may not even be a phone. I mean, it, it's probably going to be a wearable device. But I think the other thing that's going to happen is social media, uh, you know, and this is going to be an interesting uh, thing to see how this shakes out. But uh, marketing automation with social media is only going to accelerate. And that means the use of bots. Uh, you know, there are messenger bots that are out there right now. So, for example, for a restaurant, if, uh, if you wanted to have people be able to look at your menu uh, you can actually create a messenger bot on your Facebook page that will walk people through. They can actually in- interact with the bot and and find your you know find your uh, your menu, or they could book a reservation you know just by asking the, the questions that you ask and prompt them for. So uh, I, I think th- that that's going to happen before 2025. Um, you know it, it's really hard to say with social media how rapidly it changes, how extreme that's going to be. 
It'll be an interesting world. A lot of things will make it easier, um, you know, for you to buy and find what you're looking for. And that in turn will be all about putting, uh, you know, the burden or or at least, you know, some look at it as a burden. Others look at it like me as, uh, you know, a a fun time to get creative, but it'll put it on to the business to make sure that they're providing and staying in front of um, the consumer by providing that valuable information that's going to get them down the sales funnel even faster. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's even likely that not to say that I would recommend this for for a restaurant, but you know, it's likely that that restaurant already knows probably what you're inclined to want to order and may even have it ready for you by the time you walk in once you identify that you're coming into that place of business. Now, you know, I mean, a lot of people for food is very social, so I don't know how likely that is to be uh, but it certainly is going to be very, very possible <laughs> if it's not already. Thanks so much, Ken. Loved everything you shared on the Brand Journalism Advantage podcast. Uh, you've given us some really great information. Brand journalism community, you can head over to Think Like a Journalist to get Ken's details and uh, see the show notes for this page. Thanks again, Ken. Appreciate it. Thank, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, Brand Journalism community, you know that you can find all the valuable information in the show notes. All you have to do is head on over to thinklikeajournalist.com and in the search box, type in 423. And this interview and the resources mentioned in this episode will pop right up. Subscribe to the Brand Journalism Advantage podcast and be the media. Now, go think like a journalist.